when I was scrolling through my Twitter feed a while back, I came across a study on public expenditure on parental leave around the world. The study revealed great differences in national policies. All the Nordic countries were near the top of that list, spending the most on parental leave. Meanwhile, the United States was dead last. In fact, the U.S. is the only high-income country in the world that doesn't offer even a single day of paid parental leave. So that made me wonder, how do countries actually deal with people having kids? Why are the differences so big? And what impact do parental leave policies have on a family's quality of life? I'm Afton Halloran, and you're listening to the Nordic Talks podcast. When I was 20 years old, I left my native country of Canada and moved first to Norway and then to Denmark. I was curious to understand sustainability from a Nordic perspective. I spent my career working for international organizations on global challenges such as climate change, agricultural development, and urbanization. Now, this podcast is about starting conversations and inspiring listeners worldwide to act to create a more sustainable world. In this episode, we'll explore Nordic parental leaves and present a compelling case for how these leaves have benefited the Nordic region and inspire other countries to learn from the Nordic experiences. Let's take a deep dive into two fundamental questions. How do countries actually deal with people having kids? And how can countries make it easy for their citizens to juggle a career and a family at the same time? It can be easy to work and have kids, at least if you live in Sweden. That's what Professor Caitlin Collins found out in her international study, Making Motherhood Work. In Nordic countries, the paid parental leave is available to both mothers and fathers. And then afterward, there's high-quality, universal, incredibly affordable childcare available for all children. So why is this not the case for every country in the world, let alone the United States? This issue was explored at a Nordic talk at the University of California, Berkeley, arranged by Robert Strand. California might just have what it takes to pave the way for Nordic-inspired parental leaves across the United States. It's November 25th, 2019. We're at the University of California, Berkeley, at the Nordic talk about parental leaves in the Nordics, and how it can act as inspiration for California. So I did not take parental leave with uh, our first child since I was in grad school, which is kind of like being on parental leave all the time. This is Rob, an American member of the audience and a father of five. Rob worked for a company that allowed him to go on paid paternity leave. It was a wonderful thing to be able to spend time both with our newborns when they'd first come, to be able to spend time with the older kids as they were getting adjusted to having a new member of the family uh, and kind of needing a little bit of extra care and feeding a little extra time. Um, it was really nice for me to be able to spend time with them and take them out to the park while you know, my wife was uh, hanging out with the, the newborn. Um, I can definitely say that the time that I got to spend as a, as a dad hanging out with the kids 
gave me a much better sense for who they were, much better idea of kind of what what things were happening in their minds as they were going through different kinds of, uh, of difficulties um, and get to know them and really see who they are and be able to, uh, to try to meet their personal needs has been super valuable for our family, just made the whole family work better. According to Professor Caitlin Collins, Rob's story is not the story of a typical American family. In her work, Caitlin has done extensive research about what it's like to be a working parent in different parts of the world. In her book, Making Motherhood Work, each chapter starts with a quote that illustrates what it's like to be a parent in a particular country. The quote from the Swedish chapter starts a little bit like this. In Sweden, it's easy to work and have kids. But the quote for the chapter from the United States, it starts like this. We can't figure out how to have it all. I did interviews with women who are working mothers in Sweden and the U.S., also in Germany and Italy. And these quotes really exemplify what I found in the conversations I had with mothers. And that's that in Sweden, being a mother and being a worker are considered compatible and complementary identities. And you'd be hard-pressed to find any American mother who would tell you that they think employment and motherhood go hand in hand, right? Um, often we think of these in the U.S. as competing identities. And in the Swedish model, in Nordic countries more generally, both cultural attitudes as well as social policies aim to support the combination of both employment and motherhood. Uh, the U.S. is the most has the most family hostile public policy of any country in the Western industrialized world. And we suggest to parents that they turn to the market to resolve their work family conflict. Unfortunately, that has disastrous consequences for, for American families today. So <laughs> those two quotes are meant to exemplify how radically different life is for women who can combine employment and motherhood, perhaps not seamlessly, but very well, uh, compared to American mothers who think of these as two identities that compete for their time. So what can you actually do to make it easier for parents to work and have kids? According to Caitlin, numerous factors have a great impact, including the role of unions or this kind of idea that if a father goes on paternity leave and he doesn't use all that time, it can't be carried over to the mother. They call this the use it or lose it approach. Let's hear from Caitlin again. We know paternity leave is successful when... It's use it or lose it, right? That men are incentivized to take time that cannot be transferred to their partners. It also needs to be a high wage replacement. So uh, if, if men are going to be taking leave, the economic incentive needs to be quite high. Um, what's important to point out about a lot of the Nordic countries is that as a result of collective bargaining, a lot of workers actually receive above uh, and beyond the 80% wage replacement to 90 or 100% of their wages while on leave. And again, what we see is dramatic uh, uptake in, in paternity leave or family leave for men um, in places that have not only days reserved just for men, but also at high wage replacement. So uh, it's within virtually a generation that a country like Sweden, who implemented the first uh, gender neutral paid family leave to men and women in 1974, within virtually a generation, we see dramatic shifts in uptake and also in the cultural expectations around parenting. So today, men, men in Sweden often told me, um, 
they don't know any men who didn't take some of the parental leave available to them and that they would in fact be stigmatized by the people in their lives if they didn't take this time off. And it's not just wealthy wealthy earners, um, for example, it's across the socioeconomic spectrum. It's also managers, supervisors, bosses taking leave. And I think that plays a dramatic role in whether employees uh, further down the hierarchy also feel comfortable taking it. So those are a few policy takeaways that I can point out. According to Caitlin and numerous other experts, The United States is lagging behind other high-income countries when it comes to parental leave. Why is that? The Nordics are capitalistic societies that have pragmatically figured out over the course of the past century where markets work well and where they don't. Paid parental leave does not belong in the domain of the markets. The Nordics learned this, and it's time for those of us in the United States to learn this also. Professor Robert Reich served as labor secretary under President Bill Clinton when non-paid parental leave was introduced with the Family and Medical Leave Act of 1993. At the Nordic Talk in Berkeley, he shared his first-hand experience from implementing the U.S. model and encouraged the U.S. to learn from the Nordics. This was a vitally important piece of policy because it guaranteed parents could take up to 12 weeks of family leave to care for a new child, without fear of losing their jobs. But the family and medical leave time doesn't come with pay, which is why less than half of eligible workers can afford to use it. And it doesn't cover companies or franchisees with fewer than 50 employees. The United States is behind almost all other advanced nations that typically provide three or four months of paid leave. In the United States, we leave all of these parental and child care issues to the market. If you're fortunate enough to work for a company that provides parental leave and are deemed eligible, as this perk is often reserved for the most in-demand talent, then lucky you, you get a paid parental leave. But for the majority of working parents in America, you don't. This market-based approach to paid parental leave exasperates and intensifies inequalities. It punishes the working poor, and it disproportionately hurts mothers. The Nordic countries are truly global leaders, offering the most generous paid parental leave on the planet. So how does this infamous Nordic approach to parental leave actually work? It works very smoothly. Nobody in Finland talks about parental leaves because it has become such a norm that once you have uh, the system in place, these parental leaves, they work really well. Anno Paternan is a Finnish journalist and author of the book The Nordic Theory of Everything. She's lived in Finland and the U.S., and she has an American husband. At the Nordic Talk in Berkeley, she filled us in on the Nordic approach. So compared to America, <clears throat> there are parental leaves that are available to everyone, regardless of your employer or where you live or which state or city or so on. So they're universal. Uh, They paid for it from taxes, which makes a big difference. Um, You don't contribute into uh, some sort of a disability insurance fund. All employers and employees contribute through their taxes, and then you get paid once you're on leave. Um, There are minimum nine months. The various countries have a little bit different systems, but usually there's a, a quota. Part of it is for the mother, part of it is for the father or the other parent, and then most part they can share 
So families can decide how to do it. And a lot of them are very flexible. You can kind of figure out how many days a week you can want to work or when do you want to take the leave and so on. So families have a lot of different arrangements, but they give you a lot of flexibility and pay while you're home with your uh, child. And the employer can't fire you. <laughs> they can't deny you this right. According to Anu, the American skepticism towards implementing the Nordic parental leave approach in the U.S., is based on a fundamental misunderstanding of the core of the Nordic welfare societies. When I was living in the U.S., Americans would often think that the Nordic countries work because uh, Nordic people are all basically family. They're a small country, they're homogenous, they're all Lutheran or whatnot, and because of this, they're all altruistic. They want to help other people who are part of their so-called family. And so the idea was that the Nordic model is based on altruism, basically, that Nordic people are just good people who want to, you know, give money out of their own money to the poor because they feel like we're one big family. And this would never work in the United States because the United States is diverse and big and Americans don't feel this kinship. And I think that's a complete misunderstanding because the Nordic model and the system is not about uh, the wealthy paying for the poor, it's basically about the middle class paying for itself. The middle class pays taxes for services that they use. So when I pay taxes in Finland, I use all these services. And all these services include the paid parental leave, um, affordable daycare for my child, great public education system, free college, uh, universal health care, uh, disability leave, whatnot. And all of this, these are services that I pay for myself. So I think the, the uh, real idea of the Nordic model is that people see that it's in their self-interest as individuals, also as a group, as a country, but as individuals. So I think it's a misunderstanding that Americans often think that um, it's based on just this goody-goody thing where people just want to throw their money away to lazy poor people. <laughs> Anu believes that the biggest barrier to implementing the Nordic approach is how people understand and talk about taxation for public services such as education and healthcare. While many Americans see tax payment as money being taken away from them, in the Nordics, it's mostly seen as an investment in children and a better future. It's an investment into a country, our infrastructure, into a lifestyle that is functional and modern. But it's an investment in children, whether it's my child or children in general, so that they grow up to be people who, are, who have the education they need, who are healthy, who can contribute to the society. Um, Finland, for example, has a, a vast problem with aging population, like many Western countries. And so children are certainly also seen as investment into when we are old, hopefully we'll have educated, smart children who will solve climate change and, and be able to um, continue to develop our society. So I think that's also um, an important difference that I think should be in public conversation brought forward so that people could see that this is actually um, something that is a good policy for good life for all of us and not just some sort of inefficient government scheme where money will be wasted and bureaucracy will advance and so on. Most experts agree that the Nordic model is better for families than the approach to maternity leave in the U.S. But they also highlight that the Nordic model is not perfect. Here, Anu highlights some of the potential downsides of the Nordic approach. One of the downsides is that Nordic women are less likely to be in managerial position than American women. And so this seems to be because they take more time off than men. 
which in the end affects their career trajectory. And I think the answer to that would be to um, divide the leaves more equally between men and women. And so Nordic countries have introduced these uh, daddy-only parts of the leave and have been making them longer and longer in this effort. So it's a part of the leave that if the father doesn't take it, the mother can't take it uh, instead. And that does have a huge impact when they have implemented these policies. The, the number of fathers who take this leave has gone up dramatically. So it does immediately have an impact. So we can certainly uh, have an impact on how people behave and family dynamics. So how do you actually act on such a complex problem? We asked both Professor Caitlin Collins and journalist Anu Patanen about what actions they suggest to take concerning parental leave. The only advice I have is that you follow the public discussion, you participate in it, and you support politicians who are trying to advance structural universal policies. Because I don't think this is a question that anybody can fix alone. I would echo Anu's answer. Uh, I would also say that we need to expect more of one another, of our partners, of our employers, of the government, and to, again, understand that combining parenting and employment, virtually everyone does that today, right? In the U.S., 70% of, of mothers with children under the age of 18 living in their homes work outside the home, and most of them do so full-time. It's economically necessary for most families to have two incomes in order to stay afloat in the U.S. So this is not a small portion of the population. This is our entire population that needs support for the combination of parenting and employment. And so trying to shift the discourse to thinking about policy supports as rights rather than privileges, I think would be revolutionary, right? I interviewed mother after mother after mother who would say, I got four weeks of parental leave at 30% of my pay. I'm so lucky, right? And, and you are lucky when the vast majority of Americans get no paid parental leave. But it shouldn't be a matter of luck. This sort of work-family conflict is not inevitable. And trying to challenge the discourse that this is just kind of an unfortunate but inexorable feature of contemporary life in the 21st century United States simply isn't the case. Things can be different and they can be better. And I honestly think looking to the Nordic countries for, for example, policy change but also cultural change um, would be revolutionary in the U.S. context. Here at the Nordic Talks podcast, we are all about inspiring our listeners to be changemakers. So we've asked Caitlin and Anu about their actions, but what about us as individuals? How can our actions inspire others? So personally, my takeaways from this Nordic Talk are that things can change company culture changes, society changes, and we have to demand that change. We know that the Nordics weren't always like this. We didn't always have parental leave. This took time. And number two is that we can't leave things to the market to be figured out. I mean, this is an investment in society and in ourselves. And if we don't make this investment, we risk furthering inequality. And the third thing is that we need to test things out. We can't just think about this on a national scale. Why not breaking it down into smaller pieces and looking at this on company levels, on state levels, as you're discussing, for example, in the United States right now? Or as Professor Robert Reich puts it, 
I think ongoing considerations of the Nordics here at Berkeley are merited and can provide us with hope about what American society could be, not by adopting Nordic socialism, as critics may carelessly throw out there, but by embracing the values and policies that have enabled Nordic citizens to enjoy more freedom and equality than in present-day America. Paid parental leave is one such example where we can draw inspiration from the Nordics. It's not about copying and pasting the Nordic socialism model, but it's about reassessing societal values and a belief that change can happen in the U.S. and everywhere. I'm Afton Halloran. Thanks for listening to the Nordic Talks podcast. Bye.